As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Good morning, welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Monday the 4th of March, I'm Michael Bailey and on today's show... Manchester stays blue as Foden shines for City. Foden, lovely effort! It's so important because you can't fall apart in the Tara race before you even go to Anfield next week. Which leaves United feeling blue as they lose ground on the Champions League places. They are the benchmark for United. They want to catch them up and overtake them. And why did Real Madrid see red in Valencia? If it had happened, it would have had to be rescued and escorted to the airport by the army. Not the police, the army. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Michael Bailey. It really was a lively old weekend of football. Let's take you through all you need to know. We'll start with the Premier League where the Manchester derby followed a familiar path. Alvarez, Foden, beautifully done. Foden at the double. City have come from behind. Blue joy in every direction. Yes, just like last season at the Etihad, City ran out convincing winners. And just like last season, it was Phil Foden and Erling Haaland on the score sheet. Foden with a brace and Haaland with a goal to save his earlier blushes that involved an open goal from a couple of yards. Go find it on your socials. United had led thanks to a stunning strike from Marcus Rashford, but it was City who ran out 3-1 winners and will have more reaction from both sides of Manchester shortly. That win kept City one point behind the leaders after Liverpool found a way at the City ground, but not without controversy. McAllister now tries to keep the pressure on. Nunez is there! That Darwin Nunez winner in the ninth minute of added time was the only goal and it came after Nottingham Forest should have been the ones to restart the game after treatment to Ibrahima Kanate. Instead, referee Paul Tierney gave the ball to Liverpool and two minutes later, they scored. The full-time whistle went, Forest coach Stephen Reid was shown a red card, owner Evangelos Marinakis miraculously appeared on the touchline to complain and Forest's newly appointed referee analyst Mark Clattenberg was given his own media briefing on where the officials had gone wrong. So, just your standard stuff, really. On to Spain, where things were far more straightforward. (laughs) No, no, they really weren't. Leaders Real Madrid were left utterly incensed by their referee too. A stoppage time corner taken by Modric. Cleared by Mamadashvili as far as Brahim. Brahim delivers. Bellingham heads. The ball's in the back of the net. The full-time whistle had gone. 
It's finished all square. And to just to back you up, it had gone before the ball gets played in. Red cards are going now. They'd come from 2-0 down in Valencia and thought Jude Bellingham had scored a winner deep into added time. However, referee Jesus Gil Manzano had already blown for full time as Brahim Diaz prepared to send in the cross. Bellingham was sent off for his complaints and Real's club media reported that victory at Mastaya was prevented by an unprecedented refereeing decision. Blimey. Real actually extended their lead at the top of La Liga to seven points after Girona lost 1-0 at Mallorca. While Barcelona's season went from bad to worse, their goalless draw at Athletic Club saw Frankie de Jong and Pedri taken off injured before half-time. Both will now be doubts for Barca's crucial Champions League last 16 second leg with Napoli at Montjuic in eight days' time, and maybe they'll be missing for longer. Speaking of Napoli, there was late drama as the defending Serie A champions beat Juventus 2-1 in Naples. Ossiman for Napoli. Saved by Stjensny and the follow-up is in! In for Napoli! Raspadori was there! Giacomo Raspadori sealed the win two minutes from time and that was good news for AC Milan. They stay a point behind second place Juve thanks to their 1-0 win at a Lazio team that finished with just eight men. Which European team lost its head most this weekend? I'll let you decide. <coughs> Everyone was much better behaved at Freiburg, who added to Bayern Munich's problems. What could Freiburg pull out of the fire? And there's the answer. That's what they can pull out of the fire. Lucas Hörner and the title race takes another dramatic twist. Yes, that late equaliser meant Bayern had to settle for a 2-2 draw. That leaves them 10 points adrift of leaders by Leverkusen, but also Stuttgart are now just four points behind the defending champions after winning 3-2 at Wolfsburg. In France, Paris Saint-Germain's lead at the top of Ligue 1 has been cut to just nine points, but once again the big talking point was Kylian Mbappe, who was taken off at half-time in their goalless draw at Monaco, as Luis Enrique continues to prepare for life without the France captain next season. It'll be interesting to see if he does that in the Champions League. And a quick note from the Women's Super League, where Arsenal won the North London derby 1-0 against Tottenham in front of more than 60,000 supporters inside the Emirates Stadium. That means Arsenal's women have a higher average home league attendance than half of the clubs in the Premier League. It's Chelsea who remain top on goal difference after they won 4-0 at Leicester, including a comeback goal from US forward Katerina Macario, who's been sidelined for almost two years through injury. I told you it had been lively. Right then, let's return to the Manchester derby and we'll start with the losers. Uh, this was actually the first time Manchester United had lost a Premier League game after leading at half-time since September 2014. That's 143 games ago when Louis van Gaal had just taken charge. Some run though, eh? Our United correspondent Laurie Whitwell joins us now from the Etihad. Laurie, Rashford's goal was something of a blessing. I'm sure he needed that. But also, did United really do enough after that? I think his goal certainly gave him a platform and, and you're right in the did they really build on that um, they had opportunities Rashford himself had opportunities obviously that counter-attack where he got ahead of Kyle Walker but just couldn't quite bring the ball under control second half as well I mean, even as late as that Garnacho chance if he gets the ball ahead of Edison nicks it ahead of that tackle that's a penalty you know maybe even a sending off and you know the game again could turn there were few and far between there weren't there as the game wore on those opportunities for United to break we knew it would be that kind of game um, but yeah a word on Rashford's wonder strike to begin the game uh, what an incredible moment the sound in the stadium was kind of stunned uh, apart from the 
you know, 3,000 or so United fans that are going absolutely mental uh, over by the far side where Rashford went and celebrated. And uh, he actually had an injury coming into this game, uh, landed on his hip during that Forest match. So I think maybe that was a sign of why he faded. Um, second half as well, he got outstripped for pace by Cal Walker a couple of times. And I think maybe that's why he, he came off late in the game. As for where United go from here, Laurie, now the derby is out of the way, I'm sure they'll hope to push on for a higher Premier League finish than sixth. But also United and with Ineos now involved, I can imagine they'll want to see something more competitive against City next season too. Yeah, well, I mean, you've heard Sir Jim Ratcliffe speak about City um, in very warm, admiring terms. They are the benchmark for United. Um, They want to catch them up and overtake them. They want to do things slightly differently. You know, they, they don't want to do a copy and paste job, but you know, hiring Omar Barada from there is a sign of their admiration for the way City's structure has worked and, and whether they can map some things onto their club. But yeah, in terms of this season, I mean, the Champions League qualification is looking very difficult. It, it looked good after United went to Aston Villa and closed the gap to them to five points, but it's now extended to 11 points to, to Villa in fourth. Um, six points to Tottenham and Tottenham have got a game in hand. The goal difference is minus two when Tottenham have got plus 16 and Villa have got plus 22. So, I mean, it's, it's becoming a real remote prospect that United can actually get Champions League qualification for next season. Thanks, Laurie. And you'll find all the United fallout covered in depth in our dedicated podcast, Talk of the Devils. Just have a search for it wherever you're listening to us now. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. So what are the victors? Sam Lee is our Manchester City writer and he joins us now. Sam, it was a sensational Sunday for Phil Foden and it's been a sensational season, really. He must be a good shout for City's player of the season already. I think as much as anything, you know, the numbers, the type of goals he's scoring, it's just the fact that he's kind of taken on this mantle of, uh, you know, a big game player or a player that can manage City through these matches. We take it for granted with Kevin De Bruyne for example but I know earlier in the season City's first home game they played Newcastle and Foden was kind of the driving force behind that performance he didn't score the winner he got the assist but he he felt like the main man when again I talk about De Bruyne De Bruyne wasn't the main guy he was maybe a little bit off it but Foden is becoming more and more comfortable not so much carrying City but playing a huge part in it well, he's got the best first touch in Europe, I reckon. Uh, anyway, Sam, it sets up a big week nicely, doesn't it? And and especially that top two clash, at least as it stands, at Anfield next weekend. Well, I mean, after Liverpool got their late, late winning, that kind of changed the dynamic a bit for City fans. Obviously, a lot of them were nervous anyway about the derby, despite you know current form and all that, because it all goes out the window, etc., etc. But because of Liverpool winning, it kind of changed the dynamic in the title race. It's that feeling that, oh, it's going to be Liverpool's year, all this kind of stuff. So City really needed to, to do the business. And obviously, training 1-0 at half-time, conceding that goal on the break early, it kind of felt like they, they might not for a bit. But yeah, obviously, they, they got the win. And then it's so important because you can't fall apart in the title race before you even go to Anfield next week. It is probably fair to say that City needed to go to Anfield in a good position and the result of this weekend certainly set it up nicely. Yes, indeed, Sam. And before that trip to Liverpool, City host Copenhagen on Wednesday. That's their Champions League last 16 second leg where they hold a 3-1 lead in Denmark. Let's now dig into those events in Valencia that left Real Madrid all hot under the collar. Our correspondent Mario Cortegana joins us now. Mario, what's been said by Real and the Spanish Federation since that late winner was disallowed and it all kicked off from there? Yeah, it was uh, really, really crazy. The Spanish Federation uh, is not offering guidance about the, the referee, but Real Madrid are really angry. Uh, you could feel that because as soon as the match ended, uh, Real Madrid TV prepared and published uh, a video criticizing 
Jesus Gil Manzano uh, for his match. And this, uh, so, some hours later, Real Madrid of the record said something like, uh, I, I'm quoting them, if it had happened the other way around, the team would have had to be rescued and escorted to the airport by the army, not the police, the army. So this is useful for you to have an idea about how angry at Real Madrid at uh, what happened at Mestalla. Yeah, so they've taken it well then. Uh, I mean, will we hear anything more, do you think? Or is it likely to be a storm and a teacup and, and then it will move on to the next story? It has been reported here in Spain by some media that like Jesus Gil Manzano is said to, to miss the following matches because of what happened. There is nothing official yet. Real Madrid also uh, informed, uh, informed us, informed the Atleti that they are preparing... Uh, an appeal for Jude Bellingham to to be able to to play the next matches as he he saw a red card also at the end of the match and this is something highlighted by Carlo Ancelotti also in the press conference he warned uh, the people that Jude Bellingham had not insulted uh, the referee and in the official report of the match uh, it was proven right. What's coming up next then? Well, a little less controversy, some may hope. As for the actual fixtures, Arsenal can go back within two points of the Premier League leaders if they can win at bottom club Sheffield United. That one is on Sky Sports from 8pm in the UK and 3pm Eastern on USA Network. And the Serie A leaders are also in action with Inter hosting Genoa on TNT Sports from 7.45pm in the UK. In the States, it's Paramount Plus from 2.45pm Eastern. And that's all for today's Daily Football Briefing. I've been Michael Bailey, your producer was Mike Zimmerman, while your card-happy referee in the executive producer chair was Ian McIntosh. The lovely Adam Leventhal will steer you through tomorrow's briefing. Until then, have a great start to your week. The Athletic.